Fuck you. That's my name. <laughs> Start talking about Groundhog Day. Let's start talking about Groundhog Day. Let's introduce the show. This is Sharks Across Hollywood, and we're going to talk about Groundhog Day today, and tomorrow, and the next day, and the day after that, and the day after that. <laughs> For a thousand years. And the day after that, and the day after that, because we're never going to become better people. Have you heard Harold Ramis's thoughts on it? No, but you should tell me, because that, okay. that would be good. I didn't listen to the commentary track, which I should have. I don't have the commentary track. I, I have Groundhog Day on Laserdisc, oh. and then because oh, what I was going to tell you earlier is my dad got COVID. Because my dad got COVID, all my movies are out at his house. Oh, no. All my non-boutique you know, uh, non-criterion, Shout Factory, Arrow, Vinegar Syndrome, everything else is out at his house. And so my Laserdisc is out at his house. So I was like, well, fuck. So I just bought a digital copy of it. And uh, by the way, uh, I earned enough bonus points with that that digital copy pushed me over the bonus points uh, meter to where I got a free movie and I picked the Buddy Holly story starring gary Busey. <laughs> admittedly they did not give me a huge list of movies to choose from no it was like nine movies and that was the only one i actually wanted to see that's okay he's really proud of that movie so it's okay. i love me some gary Busey, and i know he loves that movie but anyway so i i ended up buying it digitally but yeah those are the only versions i own is i own the laser disc and i own my digital copy i got the 4k i did want to buy the 4k but there wasn't enough time to get the 4K and get it shipped to me. So I was like, all right, fuck it. I'm just going to buy it. Well, yeah, that's why last week I'm like, hey, we're going to do something a little different because I'm not going to have the fucking movie in time. It was okay because the 4K, at least the ones that I found, don't come with a digital copy. So I was like, all right, well, this is okay because uh, I'll eventually buy the 4K anyway and it doesn't have a digital copy. So Mine has 4K, Blu-ray, and a digital copy. Oh, okay. Well, you must have gotten a fancy fuckers version. (laughs) I did. I did. And the and the and the digital copy worked. So I have it on my on my Voodoo account. I'm kind of I'm going to start nice. sipping for Voodoo because they the movies anywhere account will it attaches to Voodoo. Yeah. So you can get all the all your actual movies mm-hmm. right there. Most of them. Apple doesn't give you all the movies the ones that you have on Voodoo cuz it's going to be Voodoo or it's going to be iTunes now. Yeah. For the most part. So we're going to talk about Groundhog Day today. So also this episode, when you're listening to it, will have come out on Groundhog Day. That's why we're doing Groundhog Day. I took a different route with this. Mostly I took the lazy route because I just didn't feel like watching this movie a second time. <laughs> you? <laughs> and, but lucky for me, it's it's a very simple movie, really, in, you know, 
in concept and stuff so it's probably going to be okay but i will have you know that i took one note but it was today at work when i was listening to the shitty radio station they play there and what did sunny and Cher come on i realized that the song tainted love is not about a bad a relationship gone bad it's about teabagging tainted love does that have to do with anything (laughs) nothing you were just like i gotta shoehorn this into the podcast somehow i just wanted to tell everybody because the word taint is in the title oh my god what a reach wow congratulations not only is this a monumentous (laughs) moment in the history of sharks across hollywood this is also the furthest we've ever reached to try and shoehorn a joke into a podcast i am not reaching that far the word taint does not come up ever in in groundhog day but i'm sure bill murray has one I don't know, man. I only had one note, too, but I didn't need to write it down. I was just like, <laughs> I'm making a mental note of this. There's no way I'm going to forget it now because... Is it uh, relevant now? Or yes. Do we, no, okay. it's actually relevant. This is this is something I just discovered while watching the movie this time. Remember, I've seen this movie at least 20 or 30 times, and I'm still making new discoveries about it. That's what happens when you start watching a movie so many times. You're barely watching the movie, and you're just looking at random shit in the background or whatever so what is your what is your discovery my discovery is that one of my favorite actors is in this movie and i never knew it and he was a nobody when the movie was made but he is now one of my favorite actors the great michael shannon (laughs) you didn't i told you that last time i remember i remember oh by the way everybody we did this movie four years ago but you never heard it because it was a practice episode (laughs) wait you mentioned that he was in it last time yeah I remember because I made a big fucking deal about how he, Bill Murray gave him like WrestleMania tickets and shit. Yeah, no. See, I had no idea. Like, I had honestly completely <laughs> forgotten. I watched the movie twice this year, okay? That's Michael Shannon. That's how That's often him. I've watched it. And I still... You told me now. I did. You, I, th- this that, is blowing my fucking mind. That would never get past me. That would never... <laughs> even back then, before I knew anything, that would never, ever get past me. I watched it earlier this year and didn't catch it. <laughs> and I love it. There is a scene later where Michael Shannon shows up. Michael Shannon, as some of you may or may not know, was like Zod in Man of Steel. Among other things. He's been in way fucking yeah, among movies. Yeah, among other movies that actually illustrate that he's a good actor. <laughs> He's one of the best actors of this current generation, as far as I'm concerned. I think he's a little hammy, but I also think he does it on purpose. I think he's fantastic, and I think he does it on purpose. He's an overactor, and it's fucking terrific. I'm not going to say he's not an overactor, but he's the best kind of overactor there is. He's the kind of a- overactor like a Nicolas Cage. That's really important. We'll get we'll get to that when we start talking about like the the actual journey that uh, Bill Murray. Pu- I can't fucking believe you told me this already, I did. and it didn't stick in my brain. And I love it. No, I love it, but it's it's so wild. <laughs> to me that like you must have told me that and then my mind was just like oh we don't need that information and then the next time i watched it (laughs) since we did that podcast by the way i've probably watched it seven times yeah guys we've been doing this for four years i watch it at least once a year sometimes multiple times per year i've already watched it twice this year (laughs) jesus at no point since that podcast (laughs) did i ever noticed that michael shannon was in it that's okay i've probably watched all three karate kid movies at least three or four times in the last 12 months all three of them and the and the next karate kid and cobra kai like four or five times okay i i take that back though the nice was directed at the first three karate kids not the next karate kid um the next karate kid is a classic and it was emphasis on the sick 
it was snubbed at the Oscars that year. I talk a lot of shit, but the truth is I haven't watched <laughs> it since the 90s, and I might actually enjoy it if I went back and watched it now that I don't have a bunch of unrealistic expectations for it. No, keep an open mind. It's fucking awful. But it's it's the right kind of awful. It's one of those. And it's fun to watch Hillary Swank before she was really famous. Okay, what what, what the fuck are we talking about? Oh, Groundhog We're Day. We're talking about Groundhog Day. Um, God damn it. <laughs> so... Like I said, I didn't take notes, so the plot points are going to be kind of all over the place. But should we should we try to take them through that first day? That's important. Sure, the first day is significant. Yes. Well, so, technically, it's the second day that's significant. Well, yeah, because it's the second day he keeps reliving. Yep, the first yep, day, right. he just you know he's a weatherman who's an asshole. Like I'm watching it this time, and I'm kind of thinking to myself, you know, I'm 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 thinking about the show. I'm thinking about talking about it, and I'm I'm watching it, and I'm kind of like, you know, he really is a scumbag of a character, <laughs> like. The only reason I can justify just like like straight up workplace workplace hostile environment sexual harassment like right out the gate day one first words out of his mouth. What does he say? He's like he's like well it's not it's not the first words out of his mouth but like one of the first things he says to Rita got that thing you know she's like well if, if there's anything I can help you with he's like could you help me with my pelvic tilt oh, yeah. I'm like you're gonna get your ass fired for that kind of talk you piece of shit not in the early nineties. Yeah, that's true. No, not in the early 90s. You get a handshake and she gets told to just let it happen. Yeah, in in the early 90s she gets she gets yelled at by the <laughs> executive producer for being a problem. So, Bill Murray's character, what's his name? Uh, Pete I, I keep on wanting Pontsatucky Phil. 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 Phil Connors. It, I keep on every time I hear pa, pa, what is it? Pontsatucky? Pontsatucky Phil. Pontsatucky. I'm always like Pawtucket Pete from Family Guy. Bill Murray's a weatherman with delusions of grandeur who thinks he's <laughs> seriously how do you get an ego about being a weatherman on a philadelphia tv station i mean yes okay that's a big market but still you're the fucking weatherman he says major major networks are interested in him even if they are you're a fucking weatherman (laughs) and who's the most famous weatherman of all time al roker who gives a shit that is d-grade celebrity at best yeah um and i'm not gonna live to be 100 so it's not gonna be fucking matter anyways and he's gonna be dead by then either way anyway he's such an asshole in this opening sequence what is such a fucking piece of so shit. he he makes nice on tv with this anchor lady who's like oh you're gonna go you're gonna go to wherever the fuck Punks gobblers gobblers knob yep because they had to call it that and make me go <laughs> <laughs> the thing is i think it's a real place i think the place is actually called gobblers knob in punxatani pa punxatani pa is a real thing oh, okay punxatani phil is a real thing do they call themselves knob gobblers <laughs> That's all I can think of whenever I hear it. That's my movie. I'm going to call it Knob Goblins, and it's exactly what you think it is. It's all about zombies who only eat dicks? Goblins who only eat dicks. Okay, so it's like ghoulies, but with penises. Yeah, lots and lots and lots of penises. She's... I want to star as one of the goblins. Yeah, you will. So he's uh, he's making nice with the lady, and she's like, you're going to you're gonna go to Punxsutawney. You're going to see the goat. The, the gr- I almost called him a gopher again. The groundhog, and, and it's going to be really exciting. And he's like, this my She's like, how many years is it? He's like, it's my fourth year or whatever. No, no, no. She says, well, you must really love it. You've gone up, what, three years now? And he just gives her this fuck you look and goes, four. Four, Nan. Four. (laughs) And then what does he call her after that? They get out, you know, the camera's cut. He walks away and says, okay, hairdo. Yeah, hairdo. (laughs) I will have you know, hairdo. A major network is interested in me. And then off in the distance, fucking around and being so goddamn adorable. Andy McDowell. Andy McDowell is the sweetest fucking person on the planet. This is definitely her cutest, sweetest role ever. 
Yeah, I like her. She's she's in front of the blue screen and she's like messing around with the TV. Just kind of, you know, how weathermen don't actually see that shit on that big wall behind them. There's a little TV monitor that they look at. It's probably bigger now. But, but that, at the time, it was like a 12 inch TV. Yeah, that's how they that's how they do the stuff. And she was playing around with it. And Bill Murray, he you can see automatically he's like, oh, shit, I kind of like her. But I'm an asshole. I got to be an asshole to her for a while. He, he immediately there's like a like a snap. He's like, hey, I like her. Oh, fuck. I'm going to treat her like shit now. Yeah, he, he was into nagging way before it was a popular <laughs> move. Yeah, and this is where they, they talk to each other for a minute, and then he says... Does he say that pelvic tilt I move I can't remember now? exactly where he says it, but suffice to say, he busted out early, and I'm just like, Jesus, man, over the line. It's okay because... Here's the reason it's here's the reason I'm okay with it, because he's supposed to be the biggest possible asshole in the beginning. The only way this works is if he's a huge dick, right? Yeah, he has to be a piece of shit for, like, 500 years before he finally starts to straighten himself out so really really honestly you guys know the plot of this movie everybody knows this everybody and their grandma knows what i'm i feel like i'm in groundhog day everybody knows what that means he goes to punxsutawney he goes to punxsutawney he does he doesn't like it i don't blame him i'm kind of a dick myself we'll get into that that's why i didn't take notes because i had a whole thing that i'm we're just gonna go on some rants here in a few minutes <laughs> okay so let's don't just, you worry all right so he, he goes <laughs> he goes to punxsutawney with the adorable andy mcdowell and their their cameraman slash van driver played, played by chris by elliott chris who's elliott, awesome i love chris who, elliott who i loved at that point because of his show get a life he was an actor i thought he was the best-selling author of the shard of the thwacker is that a real thing yes it is i have have it right over there oh my god i did not realize chris <laughs> elliott had written anything ever no he, i Asi- got it excuse me aside from sketches because i know he was on snl i've never Brief. read it but i i never read it but i found it and i'm like oh chris elliott i like him he's funny i'm gonna get it but yeah so <laughs> speaking of chris elliott you know what um kino lorber just recently came out with a re-release of cabin boy that i need to see because i haven't watched cabin boy since the 90s i've seen I the cover like i feel like it's one of those movies that i'm going to enjoy more if I go back and rewatch it, you ever seen Adam Sandler's first movie, the the Out to Sea or whatever, or Going Overboard? Going Overboard, yeah, that was it. I've seen it in the bargain bins at Walmart's in the early two thousands. I saw it too, and I bought it. That was a huge mistake. I'm gonna I'm gonna say, yeah, it was. Yeah, the movie's really rough. Yeah, it looked like a piece of shit, and it looked like the kind of piece of shit that he probably shows up for about twelve seconds in, and no, he's in the whole movie. Oh, really? Wow. Okay, I am shocked. Yep. He wasn't famous enough to be that cool yet. No, no. Oh, you I, mean I like, just, I just oh, he just had a like, cameo role. Like, and, no, yeah. not, I don't even mean a cameo role. I mean, it was probably one of, my thought, thought had always been that it was probably one of those situations where he was a young actor, so he was willing to be in any piece of shit that would give him a line. <laughs> and so he had a walk-on line where he was like, hey, where can I go take my dick out? And then walks <laughs> off screen to go take his dick out. You know, like, I, I figured it was just one of those situations. And then starring Adam Sandler. Exactly. Like they did with Jack Nicholson and fucking Little Shop of Horrors. I, well, what I was thinking is more like um, what they did with Ben Chang in <laughs> Community in the episode where he goes to Hollywood and becomes the ham girl guy. Or uh, Tony Ja in this movie called Spirited Killer. He's all over the cover. He's literally in it for a second. He <laughs> runs on the screen, gets his ass kicked, and then he's done. The end. They have a cute little moment in the car. Well, Annie McDowell has a cute moment. Annie Bill McDowell, Murray has an asshole like, moment. Literally every moment she's in, she's cute. Someday somebody's going to see me interviewing a ground. I think I don't have a future. I think it's a nice story. Comes out. He looks around. Wrinkles up his little nose. He sees a shadow, he doesn't see a shadow. It's nice. People like it. You are Ludo, aren't you? 
You know, people like blood sausage, too. People are morons. And then he's just a fucking <laughs> dick to her. Like, shutting down everything she has to say. Like, fuck you, dude. Honestly, I'm shocked that she's still talking to him by day two. Right? She's just f- all flowers and shit. They get to Punxsutawney, and they go to their separate hotels. Oh, yeah. Oh, that- no, she gets <laughs> he gets a bed and breakfast because he's like, are we staying together? She's like, fuck no. No, 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 no. She doesn't say it like that. They're getting out at the hotel and he's like, I fucking hate this place. You cannot make me stay here. I stayed here two years ago and it fucking sucks. And she's like, you're not. No, he says, and I'm and I'm not staying here. She goes, you're not staying here. I actually got you a place at a bed and breakfast. Really nice place downstairs. And he's like, oh, you know what? You sound like you're going to be a great producer. Keep the talent happy. And then Chris Elliott's like, did he actually just call himself the talent? That'd Chris be- Elliott's got some good rejoinders. He does. That's basically the end of day one. That's it, right? Yep. And the, yeah. So basically he goes in. Uh, yeah. Like just wait. The next scene, I'm pretty sure, is uh, them, him waking up the next morning to a song we're going to get real fucking familiar with. I've been tired of this goddamn song for a while. Um, I Got You Babe by Sonny and Cher at 6 a.m., right? 6 a.m.? 6 a.m. on the dot. And then we get uh, Brian Brian Doyle Murray and someone else who apparently the mayor of the town is also the host of their local radio station. See, now when I was watching it the first time, that that first bit, I'm like, oh, that sounds like that guy. I didn't really realize he was going to be in the movie. I didn't really pay attention to the yeah. credits. And then well, he shows up at like a few seconds later. I'm like, oh, fuck, it's that guy. Like, was he on the radio? I'm very confused right now. Actually, now that I think about it, I'm wondering if I'm not taking that mayor thing for granted as one of those early assumptions, you know, because because like I was telling you, I, I had that assumption about Santa Claus that the key maker was Hercules. And I oh, thought yeah. this for years now. It's been like 10 years since the first time I saw Santa Claus. I've always thought the key maker was Hercules. And then we watched it. <laughs> And he wasn't Hercules. He was just the key maker. Now I'm thinking, I've always thought Brian Doyle Murray was the mayor, but maybe he's just a radio host who hosts the Groundhog celebration. I'm going to say I think he's the mayor. I'm, yeah, he, he's he's definitely he's definitely the mayor. Is he listed as the mayor? No. Who's he listed as? Uh, I think Buster. Just, Buster. Yeah, that's it. I don't think he's the mayor now that I've now that I'm taking a critical outsider's look at this so we wake up sunny and share good morning woodchuck chuckers it's groundhog day which by I, the way that would be a great way to open the podcast i really hate radio hosts so do i but that's what's <laughs> hilarious about this is he has to wake up to that every goddamn morning potentially for thousand years speaking of which yes harold ramus <laughs> has said that as far as he's concerned phil was in that day for a thousand years i i watched a couple videos where they're like oh let's let's see how how many days like okay if we go like every time there's a it's like every time there's a cut we'll we'll call it a different day because we you, you never figure out how many days well now granted the first five days they show you like in succession they show you the first five days and then they do a hard cut and it jumps to him at the armored car which clearly took him a lot of repeats to memorize yeah it's because he has this down <laughs> like he's repeat he's repeating the character's dialogue back to them and then that night That night, he takes the hooker to Heidi 2, and he says, this is my favorite movie. I've seen it over a hundred times. Yeah. Oh, he does. Yes. And you got to figure he's not going to the movie every day. So you're probably looking at a year passes between day five and 
the next day that they show. Do you think this little town has a video store? Probably, yeah. It's 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 the late 80s, early 90s. Video stores were at the height of their popularity. How many times do you think he watched every movie in that video store? Probably a lot. How yeah. many how many nights did he spend jerking himself off and oh. to sleep just like crying? Honestly, like well, realistically, given his whole thing with uh <laughs> Nancy later on, which which was day 5, by the way, was was Nancy. Uh he figured out really early how to get laid on demand. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll get to that because that's part of my that, that, that's part of the thing I was thinking about. So going through this second day, right? We wake up, we hear the thing. Uh-huh. He walks out of his room and runs into that dude whose name I don't know. Ned. No, Who not not Ned saying? yet. Not Ned oh, yet. He's oh, still in the thing. He, okay, you're talking the, about you're talking about. Morning. Morning. You off to see the groundhog? Yes, I am. Do you think it's gonna be an early spring? I'm predicting March 21st. Oh, <laughs> good guess. You know, I think that actually is the first day of spring. And he's really, is he annoyed that he doesn't recognize him? Because it seems like he You mean would the be. second day or the first day? The first day. Um, as, as like a TV personality. It's certainly possible. It would completely be in character for him to be irritated that this guy doesn't recognize him. But he's a dick to him right out the gate anyway. <laughs> he goes downstairs and he uh he meets up with the lady. Um, Don't remember her name. Her name is Mrs. Lancaster, who plays the lady from fucking The Wedding Singer, who talks about all those couples that are no longer together. Yes, who is also <laughs> in Trapped in Paradise, oh. which you should watch. And we should do this Christmas. It's one of my favorite Christmas movies. I just saw that Rachel's got a copy, so you have no excuse not to watch it. All right, we'll see. Fuck Christmas. Hail Satan. That's what you're getting this year. You're getting the fuck Christmas shirt from Friday the 13th. I like it. <laughs> um, so he runs into her and, you know, he gets coffee. And what <laughs> what does he do to her? She's like, are you going to be checking out today? And he's like, chance of checkout, 100%. Well, this is after he does like a little weatherman spiel. To oh, her, yeah, yeah. Just to be thing. a dick to everybody. Because he's super fucking cool. <laughs> this sweet, sweet old lady is like, so it. I hear there's chance of snow, and then he goes into his weatherman spiel. There's, uh, there's talk of a blizzard. Well, we may catch a break, and that blizzard's going to blow right by us. All of this moisture coming up out of the south by midday is probably going to push onto the east of us, and at high altitudes, it's going to crystallize and give us what we call snow. Probably be some accumulation. But here in Punxsutawney, our high's going to get up to about 30 today. Teens tonight, chance of precipitation about 20% today, 20% tomorrow. Did you want to talk about the weather, or were you just making chit-chat? He is such a colossal knob. It's completely fitting where he's headed. (laughs) Yes. He makes it to the park, right? No, no, he doesn't make it to the park. I'm skipping over stuff because there's a thing that I want to talk about. Ah! Um... I'm getting, getting, getting excited. So he starts walking to the park, and that's where he runs into Ned Ryerson. Ned Ryerson. Played by Stephen Tobolowski, who you've undoubtedly seen in a thousand different things. You have, but I think even he recognizes that Ned Ryerson is his most iconic role. Because he came back a few years ago and did Ned Ryerson for like a series of commercials. All I think I- it was insurance commercials even. Oh my God, if I that makes correctly. sense. Yeah, he's an insurance salesman. Fucking dreaded yes. insurance salesman. <laughs> uh, and Bill Murray. Oh, the, the one of the funniest things about this part is when Bill Murray walks around the corner. There's a homeless guy, and he's like, "Change." He doesn't say that, but you know, you. But then he pats his jacket like he's looking for it, and then just kind of walks away. <laughs> yeah, total dick move. You like patting his jacket, not even trying to find anything just and then as soon as he's passing he's like oh fuck that guy ned ryerson shows up and this guy's (laughs) annoying as fuck right off the bat i hate people like this so much oh my god and of course he has to be an insurance salesman hey phil 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 
Connors? Phil Connors, I thought that was you. Hi, how you doing? Thanks for watching. Hey, hey. Now, don't you tell me you don't remember me, because I sure as heck fire remember you. Not a chance. <laughs> Ned! Ryerson! Needle nose Ned, Ned the head. Come on, buddy, Case Western High. Ned Ryerson, I did the whistling belly button trick at the high school talent show. Bing! Ned Ryerson got the shingles real bad senior year, almost didn't graduate. Bing again! Ned Ryerson, I dated your sister Mary Pat a couple times till you told me not to anymore. Well? Ned Ryerson? Bing! Now don't say you don't remember me, because I sure as heck fire remember you. Sure as heck fire, that'll come back later. <laughs> again and again and again ned ryerson was i think probably the first time i howled with laughter during this movie the first time i saw it i like the one where he <laughs> i don't know how many days in it is but he's he's just having fun at this point this is where that it's at the point when you're in this situation where you start having fun with it because you're like i can do whatever the fuck i want ned ryerson walks up to him and he's like yeah i remember you and then he hugs him and like starts getting all handsy with him and shit <laughs> and he really holds him he says I don't know what you're doing later, but can you call in sick? <laughs> and that was my favorite part. <laughs> and Ned's response, oh, I got to go, Phil. What's funny about it, it's not the gay thing. What's funny about it is the homophobia thing. <laughs> Where he's, what we're laughing uh, at is, what I'm laughing at anyway, is Ned's immediate homophobia. Like, that's all it took to get Ned to run away screaming. So, the first time he runs into uh, Ned, it's still a little weird. Obviously, Bill Murray doesn't recognize this motherfucker, and I don't know how you could forget a guy like that, though. So irritating, but, like, seems like a nice enough guy, right? I'm sure he probably is. I mean, later on, you know, like, he's still, he's still irritating as fuck, but he's just, you know, like, now he's Phil's biggest fan. Definitely a Republican, though. Oh, for sure. So Bill, or Phil. Well, I don't like Phil either, so. I mean, Phil's gotta be, right? What about what about uh, Andy? She's a moderate. She's totally got Hollywood liberal written all over her. Not in real life. I'm talking in the movie. No, I mean her character <laughs> in the movie. Like, she's talking about puppies and always drinking to world peace. Like, like Like, Phil rolls his eyes so fucking hard when she says that. <laughs> but he has to pretend like he likes it so he can get laid. I think she inspires genuine feelings in Phil, but Phil is so out of touch with his genuine feelings that all he can do is react with sarcasm. Well, like I said, the first time he saw her, there's that there's that split second where he's like, wow, oh, fuck her. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Not falling for that he's, shit. What happens to with the with the Ned thing? He, does he try to get him to buy insurance right now? No, he Oh, tells, he says, you, you probably have life insurance, but you probably, nobody has enough, right? Or some shit. Yeah, he says, do you have life insurance? Because if you do, you can always use a little more. I don't even know what that means. What the fuck does that mean? What does that mean? I don't know what that means. You can... You can get more coverage. You well, know, I know like you if can. You, if you have a $100,000 policy, it could be a half a million dollar policy, or it could be a million dollar policy, you know. Granted, you I can guess... always get more. I guess Ned didn't know Phil was single without kids. I mean, I assume he doesn't have kids. Who the fuck knows how many <laughs> yeah, kids this guy has seriously. floating around Philadelphia right now? <laughs> Phil's kind of a douchebag, so <laughs> who knows? It's anybody's guess. That's pretty funny. I didn't even think about that. Incidentally, there's a Groundhog Day video game. It's a VR game. Of course it And is. you play Phil's... Phil and Rita's son. Why? What? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why. But apparently you play Phil and Rita's son and you get caught in your own personal Groundhog Day. Kind of want to play it though. Sounds yeah. No. It sounds horrible. So I, do I. I it, sounds, it sounds awful, but I, I want to know. But you have to have a VR system and I don't have a VR system. So. 
There's so many movies with this exact same plot. I know this probably wasn't the first one. A time loop movie? Yeah. It's not the first time loop story I'm aware of, but it is the first time loop movie I'm aware of. Okay. That doesn't mean it's the first time loop movie. It just means it's the first one that I know exists. But our knowledge is admittedly limited clearly i can't even make it through the first scene in the fucking movie speaking of which did you see palm springs yeah i was just gonna bring it up too yeah really enjoyed that yeah yeah except spoilers for palm springs everybody it's kind of like this where he does learn a lesson but they break the time loop by going into a cave or some shit i don't remember (laughs) they break the time loop by setting like isn't it like they spoiler alert for palm springs if you don't want palm springs spoiled Stop the podcast now and skip ahead like a minute. They break the time loop by setting off a bomb inside the singularity. That's right. That's right. Yeah, Yeah. which is in a cave and which blows them out of the time loop. That movie is cool. I dug it, but it it was a little too intelligent, I think, for me. You know, (laughs) I need something a little dumber than that. You know what it did for me? Made me mad at how I met your mother again. Okay, that's fair. That is that is a fair reaction to have to because that. that girl is so fucking cute she is and i got so fucking pissed when we met her and then they killed her spoiler alert spoiler for how alert i met your mother how i met your mother guess what who fucking cares you spend nine years with those characters that you grow to love and then you want that girl shows up and you're like she's fucking perfect and then they're like we're gonna kill her and you're just gonna go back with the woman from the first episode you i wouldn't. didn't even watch the final season i and i heard about that and i was like fuck you now i don't even want to watch it the last episode of how i met your mother in the last season of game of thrones should go fuck each other and die (laughs) okay anyways groundhog day (laughs) so as he's leaving ned as after being a huge huge dick to him he steps in this (laughs) fucking crazy puddle it is so deep it's like knee deep yeah it's ridiculous probably only shin deep but still and he does it like 12 fucking times in the movie and it's really funny that he it takes him that long to learn three or four times (laughs) yeah who knows how many times he actually did it though that's true. Yeah. That's true. So now here's the part that I want to talk about. He's He gets to the park, the place where they're having the, the Groundhog Day Festival. Gobbler's Knob. Gobbler's Knob with all the knob gobblers. I always picture the woman from day two who he walks out and, and he's like, he's like, where's everybody going? She's like, Gobbler's to Gobbler's Knob. knob. It's Groundhog Day. I always imagine her saying, to gobble your knob. On accident. <laughs> Quote, unquote, on accident. She likes tainted love. So he, he gets down there. He starts talking to Rita and she goes, giant leech got me you're missing all the fun these people are great some of them have been partying all night long they sing songs till they get too cold and then they go sit by the fire and they get warm and then they come back and they sing some more yeah they're hicks rita and i'm like i agree with you that's what people in those towns do and i'm like i'm from one of those places and it's like that it's he's not wrong he's just a dick about it that's all it's exactly like that. Yeah, no, I agree. There's a charm to that. <sighs> I left. What do you, how do you think I feel about it? Well, there's a charm if you're not <laughs> obligated to do it. If it's something you're doing voluntarily, it's charming. If it's something that your family's like, God damn it, you're going to go and you're going to participate and you are going to sing or I'm going to beat the shit out of you. you <laughs> Just like that. Mom. Yeah, that makes it less charming. My mom lived. She ended up living in like a super small little town for several years so we'd always go there during their weird little festivals they had several every year all summer long so we'd always be there oh my god by the way everybody we're recording this on the day that meatloaf and louis anderson both died we all walk into the new year thinking oh finally nope nope it's just one relentless clusterfuck after another our grandma's dead our dad's dead our uncle who we respect because he does some cool stuff but has some shitty stupid opinions died and that friend 
you know what you know what he is meatloaf is that uncle who's into who's into awesome shit and then you, you get him talking and he's like this paranoid weirdo <laughs> but he'll also smoke weed with you yeah and turns you on to awesome music that's like, exactly that's what meatloaf. he is that i look at uh the fucking dude's name louis, louis anderson. anderson he's the family friend that everybody kind of like wishes would go away but not really but he, he just kind of shows up but he doesn't really bug everybody too much so they're kind of okay <laughs> with it he's got a thing that can be really cloying and irritating in excess but every once in a while like he he's the guy who will just take you aside on your birthday and be like hey <laughs> happy birthday bud and then give you a handshake with 50 bucks in it yeah yeah he's one of those guys i, I used to watch his cartoon show back in the day <laughs> i loved him on baskets i mean i i watched the cartoon as well but where i fell in love with him was baskets i don't know what the fuck baskets is but that's the second time i've you heard it today fucking need to watch baskets it's a zach zach galifianakis plays a classically trained clown <laughs> who in order to survive becomes a rodeo clown oh, and louis right. anderson plays his mother <laughs> and louis anderson is fucking brilliant in it right. i believe he won an emmy for it i'm and sold he 100 deserved it he, he is amazing in it he played a lawyer in that show search party which is on hbo max if you have not seen it it's like I think there's like an edited down version on TBS or something, but you can watch Why the un- I want to watch that the uncensored version on on uh, HBO Max. <laughs> it's a really good show. Has that has maybe from uh, oh yeah Arrested from Arrested Development, Development. and Love her. the Alia Sh- what's her name Alia Shawkat or something. Yeah, like that? yeah, that's yeah. what it is. It's a pretty interesting show. We five seasons of it. We watched it all. There's a new season coming. It gets pretty fucking weird. Like <laughs> I'll have to check that out. When the I first get my season HBO subscription. The first season is one thing, and then the show just fucking throws you it's weird Hmm. and kind of it's kind of awesome it's one of those that nobody really knows about what's it called again search party search party okay i will have to keep an eye out for that yeah it's real good okay so anyways now that we found out our uncle and fun neighbor are dead um (laughs) let's get back to groundhog let's get back to the hicks they pull this groundhog out it is the cutest goddamn thing i've ever seen in my life by the way he is so fucking adorable (laughs) it's pretty fucking cute i love it bill murray hates it pardon me pete and he's just like it's it's groundhog day this is very exciting Here's the Hicks doing what they do. I love his closer. He's like, This is one time where television really fails to capture the true excitement of a large squirrel predicting the weather. I, for one, am very grateful to have been here. From Punxsutawney, this is Phil Connors. So long. Okay, we'll try it again without the sarcasm. I barely know what happens next. Like, is, <laughs> do they just, oh, you know what? They're going to go home. They think they're going to They're going to try to go home. But apparently he's not that great of a fucking weatherman. Nope, because they run right smack into that blizzard he was convinced was going to push off into Altoona. And I really like the scene. It's really funny because he is so into getting home. He gets out of the van, walks up to the <laughs> cop, and goes, I need to go. <laughs> I need to get through that fucking thing. Why? Why are you not letting me go? And the cop's like, okay, you can go that way and freeze to death or you can drive back to Puxatani and spend the night or whatever he says it was really yeah and then Bill Murray's like I'm thinking about yeah, it I'm thinking about it but he but he can't quite talk he's, because he's, he's freezing sh- he's like trembling in the cold of the blizzard because he didn't even take his jacket with him yeah <laughs> next scene he's at a he's at a gas station on the phone with fucking triple a or somebody I, I don't know who he's talking with but suffice to say he's having a heated debate about not being able to get through to pittsburgh because the phone lines are down <laughs> and he says come on all the long distance lines are down what about the satellite is it snowing in space don't you have some kind of a line that you keep open for emergencies or for celebrities i'm both I'm a celebrity in an emergency. Can you patch me through on that line, please? 
Oh, my God. And then he gets clocked in the head with a snow shovel. As well, he should. Which, incidentally, may have been Harold Ramis trying to key in that this might all be entirely in his head. I don't want it to be, though. I want him to be stuck in this fucking time loop. So, let's Well, get- you, know, you, you know, the the reality is, even if it did all take place in his head, effectively, it's the same thing. I've told you about my son's dream, haven't I? To be a Vegas showgirl? No. Not his aspiration. Oh, a literal dream he oh, okay. had one night. One night, my son, my oldest son, had a dream that he reports lasted for over 20 years. He said in it, he met and fell in love with a woman. He had children. They grew up. And he said when he woke up, like it was genuinely disturbing because he felt he had lived an entire other life and then woken up. He said like he still has like these these flashback moments where he will remember his old life. And he's like, it... it genuinely changed me as a person so even if it only happened in his head effectively it still happened so should we cut to the the first day of the time loop (laughs) okay day one of seventy five thousand. this would be the weirdest sixty five thousand. excuse me yeah this would be the weirdest fucking thing wouldn't it you wake up (laughs) everything's the same and you're just like it's a joke right oh yeah he, he even says he gets up he hears the song he hears the same people talking saying the same thing on the radio and he's like put in the wrong tape guys yeah you're, you're playing, playing the wrong tape. tape he looks out the window and the cars are driving the exact same way people are going the exact and the snow same is gone from the blizzard the previous night oh that's right that's probably that that's a pretty good indicator that something weird's going on huh that makes sense yeah <laughs> and, every, and everything everything goes basically exactly the same he walks he runs into that chubby dude on the stairs and he's like groundhog groundhog you're gonna go do the groundhog day festival he's like morning Uh, See the groundhog? Yeah. Think it'll be an early spring. Didn't we do this yesterday? I don't know what you mean. (laughs) Don't mess with me, pork chop. (sighs) What day is this? It's February 2nd. Groundhog Day. Yeah. Sorry. You know, I thought it was yesterday. (laughs) Oh. And then he does the same thing down. He goes downstairs. He has, he talks to the lady. He has some coffee. And then she's like, are you checking out today? And he's like, there's an 80% chance. <laughs> chance of departure, 80%, 75, 80. He's very unsure of himself at this point. Wouldn't you be? This would, this would fuck me up so bad. Um, well, obviously that's the point, right? Yeah. And he's, he does the same thing. Goes, goes down to the park and he's like, guys, did we, do you feel deja vu or whatever? Did you feel like we did this already? And then the camera pops on and he's like, it's Groundhog Day again. <laughs> it's it's delightful seeing him so uncertain of himself because he's been such a cocky <laughs> bastard up to this point. Bill Murray's really good. I don't watch enough Bill Murray movies. Like he, like, like the way he does that three, two, one in the first day. He's three, two, and then the one is him flipping <laughs> the cameraman off. <laughs> like he's so yeah. cocky. And this is the first time he's really suddenly unsure of himself poor chris elliott and it's it's good because <laughs> this guy needs to get taken down a peg he is way too up his own ass oh that's right he met he meets ned ryerson on the ned ryerson there. yeah don't want to forget that part got it and he steps in the fucking puddle again <laughs> and again and again with the uncertainty because this, this is great because it's the first time he's uncertain and he's like now don't tell me you don't remember me because i sure as heck fire remember you he's like ned, ned ryerson, ryerson. <laughs> bing oh right out the gate God, that guy's annoying. <laughs> I'll always remember him for his turn as the restaurant owner in Wild Hogs. He was in Wild Hogs? Yeah. Huh. I That movie was incredibly unmemorable to me, so. I went on a weird, very, very awkward date to Wild Hogs. 
So if she laughs too hard, it's at Wild Hogs. You just need to end it right there. It was really random. We were hanging out and she's like, you want to go see a movie? I'm like, yeah, sure. And the only movie playing at that time that we were there was Wild Hogs. <laughs> Wait, is this, is this back in uh, in Montana? Yeah. So you only have like the one. Movie oh, no, we theater. had a we had a fucking mega a big, oh, th- okay. big theater. All right. It just happened to be we just got there. And I think that was the only movie that we're like, yeah, let's go see that one, I guess. <laughs> I can't. I can't see anything making me want to watch Wild Hogs. I watched it with my ex-wife because she wanted to watch it. And by the time I um, found out what shitty taste she had in movies, we were already married. So, And I didn't really have movie taste yet. I didn't know. I thought the movie was oh, funny. Oh, yeah, that's true. You're a lot younger than me. Yeah. I keep forgetting. You're and like 10 years younger than me. And I think Wild Hogs came out when I was like 30. So you'd have been like 20 or something. 18-ish. I was, well, no. Yeah, 20, 20, 19, somewhere in there. Either way, I, I was fresh out of a really long relationship, my high school relationship, so I'd never had another girlfriend at this point. Oh, so, so this I, is your first, your first foray into the world of adult dating. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> and then it just got weirder. Like, I liked her. She was really cool. Met her family. Fucking nuts. Well, it, nuts. It, it, crazy. It, it, fucking it weird. Montana. I don't know what religion they were. They were something. But it was one of the weird ones. And huh? it was one of those. <laughs> uh, um, this is a sidetrack, but I, I got to talk about it because now we're on the subject. So we're playing pool at this bar and she's 18, 19 years old. Also, uh-huh. her dad shows up and doesn't say a fucking word just glares at her at this bar and i'm like hi i'm gonna i went up and shook his hand i'm like hey nice to meet you then he barely said anything okay <laughs> i'm like oh okay and i can't i can't remember the exchange really but she was she's like yeah i'll be home soon whatever so then he leaves and i'm like that was fucking weird and then i'm like oh so we're, we're done with the date and she's like yeah well, I'd, I'd like to see you again it'd be fun and i'm like cool let's go to see like ninja turtles or something because that was when the tmnt the animated oh, right. one yeah. came out and she's like okay but my mom says we have to have a chaperone but it uh, wasn't an adult chaperone it was her friend but <laughs> before that this is the last time i hung out with her by the way i went to her yeah. fam- i went to her house for dinner and her dad was nice to me this time because he met me before so he was cool okay. he was cool that time her mom was out of her fucking mind she she cooked <laughs> and stuff and then it was it's one of those one of those families where the men get to tell the women to do stuff oh yeah Yeah. and i noticed that a bunch it was real weird yeah sounds culty but her brother could like play video games and do all sorts of shit and i ended up working because he's a guy i yeah i ended up working near him at a a job uh, like a little while later he didn't recognize yeah that that definitely doesn't sound like second date material no shit it was weird it was weird i didn't like it anyways time loops Where are we? We're in day two. We're in day two. And day two is just him really running around going like the fuck. The fuck of that that's what oh, no, no, wait, wait, again. wait, we didn't we didn't finish day one. By day one I mean like the first repeat. Right, right, right. It cuts back and he does take the shower again, and again it's fucking freezing cold because it was freezing cold the first time he tried to take a shower. Oh yeah, that's right. He so tries to like, take a shower and it's cold. Mom, isn't there any hot water? <laughs> oh no, there wouldn't be today. <laughs> <laughs> of course not. Sweet dreams. And then it shows him in bed and he has that idea to uh, to break the pencil. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He breaks the pencil to see if anything fucking weird's happening because he thinks it's all a joke. Yeah. He breaks the pencil in half, sets it on top of his alarm clock and then goes to bed and then. Well, put your little hand in mine. There ain't no hill or mountain we can't climb, babe. And this 
this is day three, right? Yep. So everything's the same. Well, technically, it's day two of the repeats. Well, day two. Okay. God damn it. But do you want to start with day one as being the original day? It doesn't really matter. I don't know. You, you guys fi- know what the fuck After the fifth about. time, there's no keeping track. He meets Rita in the park. He, he just kind of runs from Ned the second day. Like, he just <laughs> runs, and then he splashes through the puddle, and, uh, and Ned's like, hey! You know, like, where are you going? No, he, he goes to the park and he meets Rita and what's the what's the cameraman's name? Gary? Is it Gary? Chris Elliott's character? Larry. Larry. He meets Rita and Larry in the park. I've watched this movie 30 goddamn times. You would think I would remember one of the main characters' names. He meets them in the park and she's like, come on, we've got a show to do. And he's like, no, we don't. I've already done it twice. I'll meet you in the <laughs> diner. <laughs> After you guys are done. And then the next shot is them in the diner. And then we get a series of diner scenes. This is where he's already losing it. And he's like, I'm, I'm, I, he tells her, he tells her like, I think there's something going on. And she's yeah, like, like, you need to see a doctor. This is where I'm, I'm also on the Wikipedia page. Cause I don't have my own notes. So they're, they're, <laughs> it's kind of helping me now. She, she tells him to go see a doctor and he fucking does. Yeah. He goes to Harold Ramis. Yeah. Harold Ramis. And I don't know how the fuck he got in there so fast. Maybe he's a celebrity well, again. It is a small this was town, 1990. Yeah. You can still get in to see a doctor. It was 1993, on and yes. in a in small town America, but yeah. where you could still get in to see a doctor. And then he's like, "Hey, I, th-, you know, he, he takes all the X-rays of his brain, and he's like, you're fine. I think it's all in your head.'" And then he sends him to Wes Anderson. It's, Wes Anderson, it's uh, Adrian Wes Brody. Anderson, but yeah, it looks like a cross between <laughs> Wes Anderson and Adrian Brody. It's not. I don't know who the fuck this guy is, but that's exactly who I thought. I'm like, it's Adrian. Is that Adrian Brody? No, he'd be too young to look like that. It's, already. it's the weeniest therapist. <laughs> Like it's a it's a caricature of the therapist that you would derive from Woody Allen's depiction of what a therapist is. I'm just going to come out and say, fuck Woody Allen and his creepy nonsense. (laughs) Okay, I'm right. I'm right there with you. Woody Allen is a creep and uh, and and fuck all that creepiness. But that's not what this is. This is just like a a really tragically unsure of himself therapist. Must be his first time. Or he's just sad. It's certainly his first time meeting anybody who's got a problem like Phil Connors has. (laughs) Well, you know what? It's time for him to like start giving up already. He gives up quick. It's only been, it's only the second time he's done this. And (laughs) so he, he goes, he gets, he gets drunk with the guys, uh, the locals, Gus and Ralph. Yes. Who he, who he, who we first met at the diner at the diner. Yes. Where, Gus turns around and says, Phil, like a groundhog? <laughs> yeah. And he goes, yeah, like the groundhog. Ha, ha, watch out for your shadow there, buddy. <laughs> that, that'd be annoying. <laughs> I hate that already. That That's like my whole life growing up. I'm um, trying to imagine drinking with that guy, and I'm just like, no, I'm immediately out. So I've said it before on the podcast. My last name is Miller. Growing up, every five seconds, it's Miller time. Yeah, it's Miller time. Yeah, it's like that. It's annoying, and I hate it. <laughs> Imagine me with with my last name and everybody's like, it's Miller time, it's Miller time. No wonder I don't fucking drink. Anyway, he's out with Gus and what was the other guy's name again? Uh, Ralph. Gus and Ralph. Oh, of course his name is Ralph because his his big moment is announcing how he's going to puke. (laughs) So he goes out with them, he gets drunk, and they eventually get into a car, right? They get into uh, Ralph's car. Ralph's car. Actually. (laughs) <laughs> and Bill Murray's driving. No, they, they they have that great moment, though, before that, where Bill Murray's like, What would you do if you were stuck in one place and every day was exactly the same and nothing that you did mattered? Now that sums it up for me. 
that, that is small town life. Some of these people, they're just there. Yep. They just exist in their in their own little bubble. Small town. That's fucking life, man. That's just, that's ninety percent of the world. That's depressing. You know, it's it's been like that for the past couple of years, honestly. But at least we're doing this. We get to experience new worlds every day. <laughs> Because we watch a lot of fucking movies. That's true. That's true. Movie watching has certainly become more important to me over the last couple of years. Since he decides that there aren't really any consequences here, he does take the police on a high-speed chase. Oh, well, well, he has a conversation with Gus and Ralph once they're in the car. Oh, yeah. Let me ask you guys a question. Shoot. What if there were no tomorrow? No tomorrow. That would mean there would be no consequences. There would be no hangovers. We could do whatever we wanted. That's true. We could do whatever we want. Um, and Phil is the most sober, so he's driving because they're being responsible. He's the most sober, which means he's had four drinks instead of seven. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The other guys are like falling down drunk and Phil is just like introspective drunk. We enter the phase of the story that uh, the Save the Cat writing system refers to as playing with your powers. Yes. Which is where Phil realizes he can do literally anything he wants. And suddenly he starts to have a lot of fun with it. Which brings us to the big point that I was trying to make. The movie no longer matters because I am not a good person. I'm realizing... (laughs) Because if you were in that situation, you would do all the same scuzzy shit that he's doing. I live in the real world. It's way worse. Like... How many times? Okay, yeah, so you don't live in a PG PG thirteen edited reality. No, apparently the, the 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 writer his his thought behind this was you know what would happen if you if somebody was immortal could they actually end up changing and becoming a different person and how long would that take and I'm like dude I ha- I lack ambition just in general <laughs> so if I I would I would start to go crazy like a lot I would do some horrible horrible awful things it's certainly possible I don't think I would do horrible horrible awful things because I'm I don't know what kind of video gamer you are Depends. I play a lot of a lot of open world video games not not a ton but I play a fair amount of them I'm always kind in them I can't bring myself to be really malicious some people will do like for example a, a perfect example is the megaton level of Fallout 4 or Fallout 3, excuse me, where you can get a lot of money and power and stuff if you detonate the bomb in Megaton and kill everybody there. I can't bring myself to do that, even though I fully recognize it's a fictional universe where nothing, (laughs) like, it's not real. It's a fictional universe. These characters, they're not really going to die. They're just ones and zeros and they're going to continue existing no matter what i do in the world of the game like you know they're they're just going to be back on the next playthrough like it's not going to actually affect them and i can't bring myself to do anything that bad like whenever i walk into those games i have a moral code that i live by in those games it doesn't mean i won't kill somebody but it does mean that i won't kill somebody without a reason one time i was playing i think it was it might have been red dead red Redemption, the first one. Uh-huh. I was supposed to playing it on the TV, you know, and the girls were watching me and they're like, oh, the horse, does the horse die? I'm like, no, of course not. I won't let the horse die. And then they were just there and I'm like, hey, Lydia, look. And then I aimed the revolver at the horse's head and I killed him. <laughs> <laughs> and she got That's pretty fucking hardcore, dude. For sh- How she old got, were they? She got really mad at me. <laughs> yeah, I'll bet. <laughs> um, I don't 
remember how old they were. Suffice to say, it was Red Dead Redemption 1. They they couldn't have been older than, what, five? <laughs> oh, when I'm playing Grand Theft Auto, all bets are off. I don't even give a shit. I just, I, I get bored playing the actual game, so I just spend time fucking murdering people. I'll do all the immoral stuff as far as, like, I'll do the robberies and I'll kill anybody who gets in my way and stuff, but I won't go out of my way to be an asshole in those games. Like, for example, for example, <laughs> Grand Theft Auto 5, the torture level legitimately bothered me. Like, it really did. The torture... <laughs> you know the one I'm talking about. Yeah. 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 Like, that really bothered me. And I know it's fake. And I'm and I'm the kind of guy, like, I will watch a movie like a Serbian film. And, and although it bothers me, it, it won't bother me enough not to watch it. And still, that fucked with me. Uh, I mean, I think that was the point. It was supposed yeah, to yeah. fuck with you. Uh, did, did you hear the Dimitri Martin joke about how he wants to make a video game where you take care of all the other all the people who are killed and hurt in video games? <laughs> it's called Super Busy Hospital. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I'm like, how many how many women did he like rape? You know, Phil. Oh, oh, Phil. Oh, 100 percent. It's just this is a PG-13 movie, so they couldn't show that shit. And I haven't I have I have like a crazy addictive personality. I will 100% say that. So if I start doing stuff, I won't stop. I, I would have to see that therapist <laughs> like every day. That's pretty fucked up. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like unless you're a complete sociopath on a long enough timeline, I feel like you would have to get better as a person. Like I I have to believe that. I get I guess maybe maybe it is just optimism. You know, maybe it is just completely unfounded. Maybe I'm 100% wrong and it's just my desire to believe the best about people. But the fact that we have evolved into more conscientious, kinder people over time, like, and we have, like, you got to realize, like, for the majority of history, not only did nobody give a shit about rape, evolution rewarded it. And we've actually evolved <laughs> to a point where we're like, you know, actually, maybe rape is a bad idea because it doesn't consider everybody out there. You know, it doesn't consider the other person's feelings. So maybe we need to rethink this whole rape thing like there's definitely stuff that i can see myself never doing like i wouldn't hurt an animal like a real animal the horse doesn't count it was a, it was a video <laughs> game uh or a kid like i can't i can't do that i can't picture myself doing that but adults fuck them I, they all suck anyways <laughs> but i wanna i wanna be a good person but i don't think i am i don't know i think people i i i think humanity in general and this is this is part of my personal worldview i think self-hatred is the defining characteristic of humanity and i think we don't give ourselves enough credit there are some genuinely psychopathic people who just don't have a conscience but i think they're in an extreme minority i think they represent a tiny tiny sliver of the population of the earth and i think most people given the opportunity will tend towards good i appreciate your optimism and maybe i think i might get bored doing all the horrible shit eventually and just be like you know what what's it gonna be like if i'm like nice to these people yeah i'm not saying <laughs> i'm not saying that 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 tendency towards good precludes evil you know just that i believe that in a, like in a situation like this i do think that most people if they were put in a situation like that would eventually grow as people rather than regress it's kind of like the good place yeah yeah, I mean it's it, it 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 spoiler alerts for the good place. <laughs> Skip the podcast a minute or two if you don't want the good place spoiled for you. It's basically how the good place ends. You know, like yeah. that's what ends up happening to people is they go through these thousands of years of of reliving their lives and evolving until they evolve to the point where they can go to the good place. I'm wondering, like they did that with Hitler and stuff too. I imagine. I think I think probably. I mean, I'm not saying. As I said, you know, I mean there are 
there is a tiny portion of the population that is just irrevocably evil or at least capable of irrevocable evil but i don't think i mean honestly who knows maybe even those people would be redeemable on a long enough timeline but even if they aren't they represent a very very small fraction of humanity if it takes them too long you get sent to hell and you have a pineapple shoved up your ass for eternity (laughs) maybe i don't fucking know (laughs) I'm not, I, I'm not claiming to know. This is just my personal beliefs, and I will admit I could be 100% wrong about it. I know, because little Nikki told me. <laughs> oh, little Nikki. <laughs> okay. All right. Adam Sandler's best movie by far. So I, I hope the audience can hear the sarcasm. Oh, I was going to say, um, you mean that? that <laughs> no, was... I fucking hate little Nikki. What's your favorite Adam Sandler movie since we're on the subject? My favorite Adam yeah. Sandler movie is probably The Wedding Singer. Okay. Followed by Happy Gilmore. I was going to say, that, that is not a wrong answer. <laughs> I think that's that's close to it, yeah. Uh, Billy Madison is probably my third, but I'm not going to try and defend it as a good movie. I really like the first half of Funny People. Yeah, I never I never felt a desire to go back and rewatch any of Funny People <laughs> after I got done with it. Again, only watched it because... No, no, no. Funny People, I, I did watch intentionally. That's right. Because the stand-up angle got me. Because I, I wanted to... I wanted to be a stand-up at the time. That was the good part. The, when he when he figures out he's not actually sick and then it turns into a love story, I'm like, Gah. I thought you were talking, for some reason, I thought you said grown-ups. Oh, fuck! And I no! Was like, First half of... I oh, my God. That was that good. <laughs> no! No, grown-ups was, grown-ups was pretty bad. Ooh! But, uh... But yeah, funny people. Funny people. I agree with you. The first half of funny people was good, and then the second half, it was like, oh fuck off. It's like this is an hour too long. Let's stop this. Yeah. Eric Bana, you're cool. Everybody else can go. Away. Yeah, everybody just was like, <laughs> just fuck all of you. That's when I learned I liked Eric Bana, though. Yeah, no, yeah. I knew I liked Eric Bana uh, in uh, Munich, and I never saw Munich. Some of that stuff is too serious, man. I mean, Munich's heavy, it's but it's 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 one of Spielberg's best movies. I used to be that pretentious kid who's like, I'm gonna go rent two lovers from the video store and um, are we going to share your two lovers story again oh yeah oh the one where the where the girl looked at me and she was like in love with me and then i tried it i tried to rent similar movies again and she didn't give a shit yeah exactly (laughs) how many times have we shared that on the podcast i'm gonna say at least three i don't know i I only remember it from the from the walking phoenix documentary episode we did no we definitely did on that one but that was not the first mention i don't fucking know man Hey guys, remember that time I fucking told you about uh, the the time I went to Hastings and rented two lovers? And... <laughs> Groundhog Day, get it? You know oh, what? Oh, because we're repeating ourselves. Oh yeah, yeah, that's okay. kind of apropos, right? I'm, I'm, see, I'm good. Actually, I, I got yes, this. yes, that was a good tie-in. I, <laughs> I didn't catch it at first. Guess, yes, you brought it around. Guess who accidentally did that? Me. <laughs> so, so this this is the portion of the movie, like 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 I said, uh, where he realizes he decides there's no consequences so he like learns stuff about women to dupe them into fucking him and it works and it doesn't it seems kind of fancy free and fun it's really creepy don't fucking do that don't be weird i mean you can learn things about people you you know learn them and be genuine about it don't learn them (laughs) learn things to (laughs) we're like we're like we want to make it very clear that we're not on the side of duping people into fucking you and just toying with their emotions. Here's a horror show idea for you. (laughs) 
all the universes that he lived, all the days oh he lived God. through spawned their own universe. Okay, I was gonna bring that up too. Is this the kind of the kind of thing where it spawns all these different universes, like universes, like all the times that he killed himself and people witnessed that? They just have to go through their entire lives seeing a man fucking crash a car and explode. Well, now there is an indication that that's a possibility because on one of the days. After he throws himself off the clock tower, they show him in the morgue. Yes. And Rita and Larry are there identifying the body, which implies that his death was not enough to restart the timeline, which implies that maybe the timelines continue every single day, but it's a different timeline. Or there's the possibility that the timeline only continues if he dies that day. Because, I mean... If, if he only has one consciousness, then obviously it can't go on the timelines that... It can't go on any of the other timelines but the last one. But that doesn't mean that like some parallel version of him could be continuing on. Or the timelines may only split when he dies. Or it is possible that, what, that the trigger happens at 6 a.m. Because we established that it doesn't happen at midnight. But that doesn't mean it doesn't happen at 6 a.m. Because he's never... He never stays awake until 6 a.m. Yeah, we don't know when it actually actually resets. He just kind of wakes up at 6. And he doesn't either. He says that in the night, in the day when he finally takes Rita all the way to midnight. And they actually end up going until about 3 a.m. But, uh, but he never makes it all the way to 6. At least not that they show us. So it's possible that those universes only continue until whatever time it is that the time resets. But they do continue after he dies. That's... <laughs> definitely a that makes this movie a lot darker i think it actually gets yeah. kind of fucked up because he does he sits her down at one one time they're at the at the diner after he's gone through and killed himself a bunch he's like i'm a god you're a god i'm a god i'm not the god i don't think because you survived a car wreck you folks ready to order i didn't just survive a wreck i wasn't just blown up yesterday i have been stabbed shot poisoned frozen hung electrocuted and burned. Oh, really? And every morning I wake up without a scratch on me, not a dent in the fender, I am an immortal. Oh, there's one time when he gets run over by a truck and was he trying to be a groundhog? Because he walks into the middle of the street and then he does this thing with his hands and his mouth. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Maybe he was impersonating the groundhog, but... Suffice to say, yeah, he steps in front of like a semi. Yeah, this is the sad part of the movie. Like this, this yeah, is, this is this is the low. This yeah. is this is where the power the the playing with the powers phase has ended, and now we're at the at the at the dip. I can't remember what this portion of the story is called in the Save the Cat. Oh my God, the writing, first time writing format. But suffice to say, this is the point where the Green Goblin shows up in Spider Man. Yeah. So um, I just I just was past it in uh, on the on the Wikipedia page. The first time he kills himself that we see, he kidnaps the fucking poor groundhog, <laughs> and that's when he drives the car, the truck off of the cliff, <laughs> and it right. explodes. And that's Chris right. Elliott's there, and he's like, he, he's, <laughs> the car goes off, and it lands. And the shot is beautiful because this truck, this truck is a beautiful. It it kind of broke my heart watching it because it's a really beautiful old 70s or maybe early 80s pickup truck that I would just love to have because it's in brilliant condition like it, it really is in great condition and he drives it off this cliff and it shows the truck going they clearly had like five cameras set up for the shot yes. it shows it going over the cliff and then it lands top down and when it hits the ground <laughs> you can just see it goes from pristine shape to just crumples like it just it just sh the truck fucking shatters <laughs> and then 
Chris Elliott's looking down with the camera. He's like, he could be okay. And then the truck explodes. <laughs> well, maybe not. Dude, I felt bad. You don't kill a cute... <laughs> that animal's so cute. That yeah, made me he sad. Did, he did kill the groundhog. But he ramped up to it. He's got that <laughs> He's got that whole monologue where he's like... Once again, the eyes of the nation have turned here to this tiny village in western Pennsylvania. Blah, 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 blah. There is no way that this winter is ever going to end as long as this groundhog keeps seeing his shadow i don't see any other way out he's got to be stopped and i have to stop him real good phil real good He's out of his gourd. And then after after we get done watching him fucking kill himself a bunch of times, that's when he finally like really confides in Rita. And for some reason, she decides to believe him. Well, because sort of. he takes her through that entire diner. Oh, yeah. He goes through the diner. He introduces yeah. her to everybody and cold reads everyone <laughs> in the room their life story. And then she's like, what about me, Phil? Do you know about me? He's like, I know everything about you. Oh, and at this point, he's already had his day in the sun with rita and then driven that shit into the ground okay like he went through an entire seduction process that that is kind of it's kind of funny because it literally cuts every time he fucks up he'll fuck something up and then it'll be like all right cut back to one and then he'll do it again and that is that is that the slapping montage (sighs) yes it ends with the with her slapping him like 15 times because the the like one of the one of the first times it starts to go really well and he gets to that point and she's like they're they're in his in his uh bed and breakfast room and they get it's yeah it's not the first day but it's yeah but they like they have this whole ramp up of him of him fuck up reset fuck up reset fuck up reset until he gets her into the bedroom and then it's been going really really well or no it's until he gets her into the park where he's carving an ice sculpture with her face an ice sculpture of her face with her face like he's ramming her face into the ice <laughs> that's a better movie grind, that's grind, my favorite grind. movie that that's groundhog day part six from boy meets world groundhog day six 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 groundhog day part six i'm blowing up your head <laughs> so, oh no anyway. it's stumpy's revenge sorry all right college girl in the shower That's a tough one, Cor. Stumpy's a pretty complex guy. Anyway, he's got her he's got her in the park and he's making a nice sculpture of her face which is very beautiful just like Andy McDowell's face is very beautiful and he's really he's really nailing it like he's 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 saying all the right things and and we get the impression this is the first time he's gotten this far and it's like the it's like for the first time he's sort of expressing himself genuinely to her like it's all been very fake and calculated but then he has this moment where he he carves her face out of ice and and they connect and then he gets her back to his apartment but then he he keeps pushing and he keeps pushing because he doesn't want her to leave because he doesn't have tomorrow and she's like we can always get together tomorrow he's like no it's got to be tonight and then she's like whoa dial it back which sounds super rapey and weird (laughs) yeah he's getting he's getting sincere she's getting freaked out yeah but then he starts getting less 
less sincere because he's really pushing and really pushing. Then he pushes too far, and she's like, you're a fucking asshole, dude. And, well, she, and, and she ends it by smacking him. There's that one part, too, right before it gets into the slapping montage, I think, where everything kind of goes similarly, and they're in the park, and then the kids come as he's, like, building the snowman. <laughs> yeah. And they and, <laughs> and he is, like, manically. Now he's manic. <laughs> yeah. they, they finally, the like, the previous day or whatever, they landed in the snow after the snowball fight, and they kid the, did they kiss? They, they kissed. Had, yeah, they had a moment. And, yeah, they like, had a they nice really little moment, moment. And he was trying to recreate that, but he couldn't. <laughs> he like kept on trying to like lean in, and she's like, "The fuck, dude!" And then it cuts to her smacking him. And it was then good. Smack, and then smack, and then it's like her smacking him at eleven different points throughout this version of the night. It had to have happened more than that too. And it's, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. At different points too, like he gets further and further, and then slap, and then he gets nowhere, and then fucking yep, yep. yep. It's like it's all over the place, and then it ends. With just one final smack, and this is outside the door of her building. So obviously he's like last, last ditch trying to get her to go back to his place. She's just seeing right through his bullshit and smacks him. And then he's reached the dark phase. Well, And then, I like that one too, because she slaps him and then just no words. He just opens the door for her and she walks yep. in. And then, <laughs> but then, yeah, the, the, the dark phase. And then we cut to the diner where he's explaining, yeah. I'm a god. But yeah, she ends, up, she ends up buying it because... I think she can tell that he's sincere because well, she's one of she's an empath. God damn it! And also, you know, he had he has the he has the proof. He tells her about everybody and then tells her about herself. And then he says, "Listen, Larry's about to come and take you away from me, but you can't let him." He's, he's like, he's like, you got to stay with me and blah blah. blah. And then he, as, as he's saying this, he's writing a note out. And then he passes the note over to her. And then here comes Larry. Oh yeah. And he says, "Hey, we got to get going if we're going to stay ahead of the storm, or if we're going to stay ahead of the weather." And then she looks down at the note and it says, "We got to get going if we're going to stay ahead of the weather." Let's talk about all the stuff that he learned to do because at, at some point she says, "You should think of this as a blessing and not a curse." Well, that's and actually. I think that's part of what she says yeah, this here, night. He decides to stop being a dick and start improving himself and the next day he wakes up and he's like you know what i'm gonna do what she said i mean he wakes up hard he wake because they fall asleep together he's reading her poetry and she's going in and out and he sort of has this moment where he confesses his feelings towards her and it's the first moment where he's really really genuine oh and this is where he had learned french prior to it because she like because she's into french poetry he basically says you know like i, I love you and like i'd do anything for you and but she's asleep you know so she doesn't hear him say it and then she's kind of like what was that and he's like nothing go back to sleep <laughs> you know and then he wakes up the next morning and it's gray and it's cold and he's alone but he gets up and he's like you know what today i'm gonna start and uh and the next scene is him in the cafe with a bunch of books and he's reading and he's kind of like looking a little satisfied with himself you know and then slowly he start like he, he goes to this woman's house where you can hear the piano being played badly from inside. And he's like, uh, hey, yeah, I, I heard you could teach me how to play piano. I really want to learn. She's like, well, I've got a student, but maybe you can come back tomorrow. He's like, well, I really want to get started right now. I give you a thousand dollars. Get the fuck out of here, kid. And she fucking chucks this nine year old out onto the sidewalk. <laughs> The Wikipedia entry says at the first part of this, during during one iteration of the loop, Phil reports on the Groundhog Day festivities with such eloquence that other news crews stop working to listen to his speech. Amazing Rita. That is the final day. Yes, that was just cute. Over the course of this time, he learns how to play piano really fucking awesome, but there's, there's like a, a theory that he only learns how to play like a couple songs really well, which makes sense, I guess. Well, no, because he's playing improvisational white jazz in the final thing. So he, I've, yeah. 
he clearly is a better player than you know than than just learning a couple of songs. And then the the teacher lady, she's like, "That's my student." <laughs> yeah, his first day because she's he's been going to you every day for the past ten fucking years, <laughs> hundred maybe. Who knows? <laughs> he could be the greatest piano player in the world right now. It's entirely possible. He ends up saving people from like stuff. My favorite one of these. He's done it several times before because of the context, but he runs. <laughs> He'll, uh, Reed, Rita does she he, is this the one where Rita's like hey we, we should do a thing and then he's like no I got somewhere to be I'll be right I'll, no you know, he says I got some errands to run yeah errands to run she's like errands what what errands but my aren't fa- we going back my favorite part is he <laughs> runs and saves this kid from the tree <laughs> the kid the kid falls out of a tree and he gra- he saves him from falling on the ground and he's like what do you say what do you say what do you say you little brat you have never thanked me I'll see you tomorrow. Maybe. He saves the the mayor guy from choking. He does the Heimlich maneuver. He's adjusting people's backs. He's finding WrestleMania tickets in less than a day. <laughs> for Which he gives to Michael Shannon and for his Zod. fiance. Yeah. How the fuck did he find those? <laughs> well, he you know, admittedly he was a celebrity in a, a minor Pittsburgh celebrity in the early 90s. So if he if he got on the phone early enough in the day you know like first thing it's entirely possible it's not likely but it's possible that was wrestlemania 9 oh my god that is the most 90s fucking picture i've ever seen in my life <laughs> you have Oops. to know who's in wrestlemania 1993 oh my god <laughs> so on this picture everybody we have ted dibiase irs brutus the barber beefcake jimmy hart <laughs> hulk hogan bret hart and yokozuna that's just the cover that's that's the thing i don't know what the fuck matches were happening <laughs> the barber beefcake Bo- brutus the barber beefcake. brutus the barber beef i haven't heard that since the 1980s that's Hulk, that's hulk hogan's boyfriend and they may or may not have fucked each other on a sex tape <laughs> allegedly i did say may or may not so i guess that kind of covers the allegedly but you know hulk hogan likes to sue people we're not making any claims we're just saying that a claim was made but he's also racist thanks hulk hogan for being my childhood hero and fucking it up nobody's safe no 80s icon is that's the fucking wrestlemania where bret hart wrestled yokozuna and beat him or no 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 that's the one i think uh yeah yeah yokozuna my memory yokozuna was a legit sumo he was not he was just a fat guy okay so he was he wasn't japanese he was the rock's cousin so he was impersonating a sumo oh yeah so he's he's samoan yes <laughs> oh wow <laughs> thanks the 80s racism so no oh, that that's right the main event was yokozuna and bret hart bret hart was the wwf champion at the time and they they had yokozuna win and then three seconds after he won they had hulk hogan come out and challenge him and win the belt from yokozuna because <laughs> vince mcmahon had the hugest fucking boner for hulk hogan he headlined the first nine wrestlemanias well this is yeah this is 93 so this was when hogan was like top of the top right he was on his way out of wwe at the time so it's kind of well, weird wwf is... at the time wwf sorry oh, man. <laughs> at the time fuck the world wildlife foundation <laughs> actually don't i yeah what good I, have I, they ever done for the world <laughs> i appreciate them and vince mcmahon is a terrible fucking person so <laughs> fuck their stupid name but yeah wrestlemania tickets in the middle of fucking february in some podunk town in philadelphia <laughs> yep how uh, you you said it. Okay, he's a celebrity. I agree. But... It's implausible. <laughs> I'm just saying it's not impossible. Did it even take place in Philadelphia that year? Oh fuck no! Because they did say we were going to be in Philadelphia anyway. In fucking Las Vegas. God damn it! 
this movie is completely unreliable. WrestleMania 15 in 1999 was in Philadelphia. Okay, enough WrestleMania. Okay. Hang on, <laughs> hang on. The tagline for WrestleMania 15, the rage and climax. I just thought I'd throw that one out there. I don't know what it means. I don't know what that's in reference to. Back to Groundhog Day. That's the tagline to a porno is what that is. <laughs> Vince McMahon was super edgy. That was that was peak attitude era right there. <laughs> the fucking 99 anyways so again he's spending all these loops saving people from shit doing nice things for people then he fucking what does he do okay uh, how about the the bar where he's playing piano like a fucking boss yeah that's well no that's the groundhog he's up on stage playing all white jazz i don't know what that means what is all white jazz everyone on stage was white (laughs) okay they're playing like white guy jazz or well white guy blues and jazz you know i wish i could play the piano half that well jesus oh yeah no i so do I. You know but, what might help is if I actually played a fucking piano every once in a while. <laughs> I wish I could play the piano at all. <laughs> I, I know where middle C is, and uh, I know what a chord I, looks like. I can like. find a C. I can find the middle one. I resemble a musician in some ways. I can play chords on a guitar. That's that's about all I'm good for. Oh, no. I can play chords on a guitar. I can play really simple bass lines, and I can play terrible arrhythmic drums. Yeah, I'm not great at drums either. Like, I can do, I can do like, five beats on a drum. I can do four on the floor, which is just the basic drum beat oh oh the, 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 it gets really cute they're doing like a weird charity auction oh it's, yeah it's, it's basically right. it's a meat bachelor mar- auction it's a meat market and I'd, I'd be all up in it be like hey ladies i'll i'll strip for you Woo! I, I feel like i could get at least 250 so phil goes up there and he what do they start the bidding out at oh some some lady just says like five dollars yeah or something i i think it was doris from the uh from the diner <laughs> it is it's a bunch of old ladies five dollars ten dollars and it's who's the who's fifteen dollars twenty five who's the auctioneer brian Dick- doyle murray is the auctioneer dickskin oh <laughs> jim dickens dickens that's what i said dickskin <laughs> i just watched the episode about jim dickens hog um him and gail yeah <laughs> Where everybody's talking about the size of Jim Dickens' man meat. It's the same as same standing up as he is laying down. <laughs> <laughs> He's one of the best characters in that show, and he doesn't do anything. He just kind of shows up and says words and then leaves. Yeah. <laughs> just because it's, it's really funny to hear McMurray say, That's what I said, uh, Dickson. That's what I said, Dickson. So at the auction, Phil gets bought by Rita because she has finally seen something in him that she likes. So she bids high. And it's for charity. She bids her entire checking account because she oh, got her checkbook right. out and bids to the penny. I like, yeah, yeah. you see her in the background just kind of opening up her wallet going like, I bid this much, this many dollars and this much cents. Yeah, it was, it was cute. It was like $347.82. We've really barely <laughs> talked about Andy McDowell here. That's true. Uh, we have. Well, I mean, honestly, this isn't her story. It's not. She's the same person from start to finish because she literally only lives a single day. That is true. Well, here's another funny thing in this scene. Right after Phil gets bought, Larry, Chris Elliott, walks up there and goes, it just stands there like a fucking idiot. He like and- poses like Arnold in a bodybuilding <laughs> competition. You and know, nobody like, wants him. They even have the drummer come in and do like a boom, 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 as he turns around and displays himself like a rotisserie chicken poor guy he gets bought for like 25 cents (laughs) phil can also carve ice sculptures well that was way earlier though that was before he even did the thing with rita nope that is that according to this it's after the auction phil carves an ice sculpture and rita's image and tells her that no matter what happens even if he is doomed to continue walking each day each each alone each morning forever he wants her to know that he's finally happy because he loves her you know what i transposed that into the scene with them building the snowman yeah oh yeah yeah i was saying he carved the ice 
sculpture of her, but no, he was building a snowman with her. That yeah. was what he was doing. When when the kids and he and didn't the... get genuine. That's right. He no, was still. Yet. I mean, he got. He, he was, was getting there. He was on his way yeah. to genuine because they did have a real moment there after the snowball fight. Because she, the reason he kept he kept failing is because she she's. Like I said, she's kind of an empath. She can see through his bullshit. Yeah, exactly. No, but that's right. So yeah, during the during the self improvement phase, he learns ice sculpture, yep. and then he has the thing where he where yeah he carves her face in ice, and uh, like I said, you know she's a very beautiful woman, and he carves this beautiful sculpture of her, and then he has this really genuine moment with her, and I gave him credit for that so much earlier. Oh, <laughs> oh, this this completely undercuts all my credibility as as a fan of this movie. Ice sculptures are cool, dude. Ice sculptures are kind of sculpting cool. in general is kind of cool. Like if you have like a painting, like a, like a canvas, I'm like, oh, that's you know, I can't do that either, but it makes more sense. I don't love all of it, but I do respect the ability to be able to evoke something out of nothing like, like literally nothing right yeah. like it's just, just a, a big, block of ice a big is, slab of shit and it's yeah. and you make something cool out of it so even if i don't like what you're carving which 99 percent of ice sculptures or any sculptures really i don't really have much interest in but i do respect the ability that it takes to i mean even to create something simple out of that yeah that's i'm not artistic in that way at all yeah me neither i can't draw like i can't write either but i think that's just lack of practice i used to be able to draw when i was a kid like i was advanced from my age when i was young but i never developed it because i didn't really understand that whole concept of you have to start out bad in order to get good you know i never got that you mean i don't just get to be fucking awesome right away whereas with writing i i was able to go through the you know the writing garbage in order to actually start writing something good so i feel like i'm a good writer now i'm not a I'm not a I'm not a very good writer or a great writer by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm a good writer. Like I'm a three out of five. I'm an unambitious writer because it's hard to just sit the fuck down. Well, I, do I've it. lost all my ambition towards writing, but uh, you know, like I'm I'm okay at it. I think about it all the time too. The two things that occupy my fucking brain, well, three things: the podcast, which is number one, because I like doing this and it's really fun, and I wish you people would give me some more fucking money so I can do this full time. <laughs> Being in a band, which will never fucking happen, because I've lost. I, like in my head, I'm like, that sounds like a great idea, but in apl- in practical application, I'm like, that takes a lot of time. You have to deal with assholes. I don't want to. You have to be willing to grind if you're in a band. Like that's that is a grind. It is. And then I'm like, also, writing. I should sit down and fucking write something because I really want to, but it's also really hard to sit down without any distractions and just, like, do stuff. All the distractions are available and you've got to choose writing. So Phil's finally happy because he loves her for real this time, and she can tell, which is why they end up in bed together. I don't think that it's implied that they don't actually sleep together. They sleep next to each other, they but sleep they don't together, sleep together, but each they other. don't fuck. Yes. I was trying to be sweet about it because we're in the sweet part of the movie. <laughs> God. And then six o'clock in the morning. Babe. I got you, babe. Do you think he was like, what the fuck? That was the perfect day. And But I don't, I, there were no rules established technically. So, so he doesn't know if it's ever going to break like yeah. the loop. Yeah. And then, uh, and then on comes Brian Doyle Murray. Oh, that's a great song. I love that song. <laughs> It was cool the first 12 times we heard it or some shit. And then he makes some comment about that. The and then other guy. Rita reaches across Phil's chest and feels like, what the fuck? <laughs> and she turns off the music. So it's the next day and Phil's very excited. He gets up, goes to the window, goes, they're gone. And she's like, you're weird. <laughs> like, why what am the I fuck here? Are you talking about? 
No, it's a really nice scene because what we get to see, especially in that that very first interaction with them still in the bed, is we get to see that Phil retained his charm and his sense of humor, but he gained that genuineness that is what was lacking, you know. He's like a person now. Yeah. Now he's not just, you know, a completely self-obsessed piece of shit. They're totally gonna fuck, like, right after the oh. camera cuts away, oh, though. Oh, no, because they're 100% <laughs> about the Because he's very happy, and she, he turns to her, he starts kissing her and kissing her neck, and she's like, why weren't you like this last night or some shit? And then we cut to 90 to 120 minutes later. <laughs> he has a thousand years of of, of... <laughs> of pent-up sexual frustration. <laughs> and they walk out the front door, and Phil goes, let's live here. <laughs> if, I was that, if I was that into a girl, I probably wouldn't even be able to get it up. <laughs> well... Okay. My anxiety fucking ruins me. Sex aside, uh, because there's definitely... That could have gone any direction. But uh, <laughs> it's it's funny because I just thought about it this time watching it. He walks out and he looks at, he looks at the snow-covered world and he goes, It's so beautiful. And I realized, I just realized this time, he's never seen this place in this light. Like, he's lived here for a thousand years, but he's never seen it like this. Because... He only the blizzard always comes in the evening. And so he's never woken up and seen a snowy morning in Punxsutawney before, even though he's lived, you know, 50 lifetimes. He does walk out and they're like, let's she's he's like, let's live here together in Punxsutawney. Fuck <laughs> yeah. that noise. He's like, we'll rent to start <laughs> like she, as if she had agreed. She didn't say shit. He's just like, yep, this is happening. Because guess how long they've technically known each other. <laughs> two days. One day, two days. Yeah, two days. Two days. Exactly two days. And she's so, like, you're moving a little fast here, aren't you, Phil? Which brings us to the next fucked up part of this. So <laughs> I, I knew there was a thing on Cracked, an obsessive pop culture disorder about why the 90s was so shitty to Andy McDowell. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And of course this movie came up. And Daniel O'Brien, who is my favorite, who doesn't work at crack, work at Cracked anymore, but they still have... It hasn't for quite a few yeah. years. They Obsessive pop culture disorder is one of the best shows on the fucking internet. Did he go 100%. off and do a version of that? He might have. I follow him on Instagram. He never posts about anything. Oh, okay. Maybe he didn't. Maybe I'm thinking of someone else. There is a couple people from Cracked that went on to do their sort of same show That's probably somewhere else. That's probably what I'm thinking of, yeah. I can't remember their names and I can't remember. It was like Midnight something they're, they're they're the ones who sit at the diner and like bullshit oh okay yeah but he's he said like well phil does tell andy about his powers in one of his magic days he doesn't in the timeline where they actually end up together and we finally get to move forward in time so she'll go through the rest of her life with one story when we first met i thought he was an asshole but then we had this amazing day together and it felt like we'd known each other forever and there was such an instant deep connection unlike anything i'd ever experienced and he'll go through his life with another story i was an asshole when we first met and then again for like 600 more days straight and then after I slept with like 90% of women in Punxsutawney between 18 and 84, I spent, I don't know, 10,000 hours learning how to be the best at loving Annie McDowell and also piano. It's never made explicit in the movie, but I almost definitely sexually assaulted her at some point, right? You'd assume so if I killed myself multiple times and stole a groundhog and knowingly let people die. Surely you'd have to conclude that I at least once forced myself on Annie McDowell after I got sick of her rebuking my advances. Using my time powers to rape is still just extra steps rape, right? No reason to assume I wouldn't occasionally downgrade to regular rape. I'm clearly at rock bottom in the midpoint of this movie. Hard to think about, but it probably happened. Two different stories, and she will never ever truly know what kind of person he is because she's missed years and years of his life because of magic. Yes, fuck. Like, th <laughs> this relationship is doomed. She just met him. Yeah, this relationship it is not 
working. Oh, she is she is going to get so skeezed out by how intimate he is yeah. with her, like, he is, like how familiar he is. He with is her. head over heels. He's 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 legitimately in love with her, and she's like, "You were a super huge dick yesterday, literally yesterday." So uh, yeah, she's known him for two days. One day he was a total asshole. Next day, sweetest guy in the world. As far as she's concerned, he's a fucking schizophrenic or something. <laughs> bipolar, completely bipolar. Yeah, and then and then if he stays super sweet, she'll be wondering when's the other shoe gonna drop. When is he gonna start acting like a yeah. dick again? She she will just be expecting that shit to come because he was a huge asshole right out the gate. That is that that's something. It's fucking weird. But then he also goes on to talk about uh, that movie Michael with John Travolta. You know uh, the one where he's in the she Archangel. Was in that? I don't even yeah. remember. I, I barely remember that movie. And Multiplicity. That came out during like the worst phase of movies for me in terms of forgettability. I remember it because... Now, I do love Multiplicity. Multiplicity, Because it's love. Michael Keaton, of course. Yes. You, you know I love Michael Keaton. <laughs> and he suggests in that, he's like, so each of these characters, each of the clones, like, and it's shown that they each have their own personalities and stuff. They all had sex with Annie McDowell, didn't they? <laughs> At some point, I believe, yes. And all, she'll never know because of, does the movie just end with them all going away and her not knowing a goddamn thing about it? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> that's yeah. pretty fucked up, honestly. <laughs> it's pretty dark now that, you, now that I think about it. Mm. Yeah, that's a little dark. Poor Annie McDowell. But have you haven't seen Magic Mike. I have not seen Magic Mike. I also haven't seen sex lies and videotape so she's in magic mike 2 and okay. there, there's a character in magic mike played by joe manganiello whose dick is so huge that it's hard for him to find people to have sex with <laughs> so they of course it's him of course <laughs> they meet her and they fuck because she has she can take it so she wins finally that 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 was the <laughs> That was the thesis there. Her, her at, ultimate triumph. Yes, at the end of obs- that obsessive pop culture disorder episode, she wins in Magic Mike. <laughs> Double XL, the second one. Took her, what, uh, 25 well, years? Yeah. <laughs> It's fine. She was in an episode of Mr. Mayor starring Ted Danson in which she played herself, a shitty version of herself oh. who just wants to who just wants to not have a garbage transfer station built in their section of i think it's beverly hills or something like that she's so like sugary sweet in all of her movies i hope she's a nice person in real life i fucking of course you hope that you never know but the reason i'm inclined to believe she is is because she plays such a shitbag in that episode of (laughs) mr mayor that it's like nobody who's a real shitbag would do that you know like like Real shitbags are guys like Trump who are like, no, you can't make, or, or Steven Seagal, who, you know, anytime you try and make any fun of them, they're just like, no, you can't fucking do that. Are you saying that Steven Seagal takes himself way too seriously? Uh, just a little bit, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't take myself seriously if I had hair like that. <laughs> okay, but uh, all right, Donald Trump and Steven Seagal aside. <laughs> they could be brothers. They look alike. They do look like they could at least be cousins. Anyways, Andy McDowell, we're <laughs> sorry the 90s happened to you. We love you in this movie, and yeah, genuinely sorry that that relationship is surely doomed. Un- unless you well, count the video game. That's true. Where they I, have a kid. I, that doesn't video, that doesn't mean it worked out for them. If the video game is considered canonical, then I think they're still together in that, which takes place like 25 years later. Who created the video game? That's the real question. When asked about a sequel in 2018, McDowell said it would never happen because I know Murray, he's not going to do it. I don't know. They said that about Ghostbusters. Um, a video game narrative sequel was released in September 2019. Groundhog Day, like Father Like Son, was developed by Tequila Works and published by Sony Pictures Virtual Reality for the PS 
PlayStation VR, Oculus Rift, HTC Vive, don't know what the fuck that is. The game cast players as Phil's son, Phil Connors Jr., who has grown up in the shadow of his beloved father. Phil Jr. becomes trapped in his own time loop and punks Atani and is forced to help others and improve himself to earn his freedom. It received mixed critical reviews. I'm still curious. What I was hoping to find was this just seems like the type of movie that would have a book sequel. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I think a lot of people have tried to remake this movie. Well, yeah, Christmas Every Day, Palm Palm Springs. Springs. But, you know, in fairness, I think this movie may have itself been a an attempt to make a comedic version of the novel replay it's a sci-fi novel from the 1980s and it involves a guy suffering a, a fatal heart attack and waking up 18 years old so it's like 17 again 13 going on 30 but backwards yeah like he's he's in his 50s <laughs> in the 1980s 17 17 again the other one the guy's in his 50s and it's the 1980s and he suffers a fatal heart attack and he wakes up and it's some day when he was like 17 or 18 years old so he lives through his life again and then he dies again at the same time of a fatal heart attack and then he wakes up and he's 18 again it has all the same appeal as groundhog's day groundhog day only <laughs> it's like a serious sci-fi novel so i don't know if that was the first time loop story but that's certainly the oldest one i've come across that does not make it the definitive oldest one just the oldest one i've come across but uh I really enjoyed it. I just, I love time loop stories. They just work. I think that does it for Groundhog Day. Have we said our piece, even though I didn't take notes? Took me a while to get into the rhythm, but I figured it out. It's okay. I've said my piece. Michael Shannon is in this movie, and that blew my mind for the second time, apparently, because I'm living my own personal (laughs) Groundhog Day, only where I don't remember it happening before. I 100% told you because that is not something I would have missed. I don't doubt it for a second because (laughs) I I still have the recording. My brain is. I still have the recording. I can send it to you if you. You want to listen to it i don't need evidence <laughs> any final thoughts that we need besides michael shannon and wrestlemania maybe just start by trying to not be a shitty person to begin with and then you won't need your own personal groundhog day because as much of a fantasy as it seems like it's only a fantasy at first and then it turns into a horror show i was gonna say i could go a good week i, th- I think i think a good oh, a good go. week of doing the same day over and over again but it's never a fucking good day though it's always some probably- dumb I could probably go years having fun with it, but the fact is, eventually, it becomes a horror show. My final thoughts. Groundhog Day is a really good movie. I'm surprised I didn't watch it more growing up. I'm shocked. It's it's not one we had in the house. Nothing you can do about that. You were the kid, so it really wasn't on you to have it around. But it's a good movie. Everybody should watch it. Go buy the fucking 4K. Go buy the video game, play it, and tell us if you like it. Yeah, do. Let us know. I'm not (laughs) spending money on a VR headset. No, I'm not spending money on a VR headset. I'd probably throw up. My sister has an (laughs) Oculus, so maybe if I can get her to download it, I can go over to her place and play it. I think that does it for Groundhog Day. We're done. We're done with that shit. You can do the thing and follow us on all the social media nonsense. (laughs) Speaking of repeating ourselves. Ah, to the shark pod. You know what, guys? We're starting a new year. We're doing a year in the asylum. By the time this is out we'll have fucking our first year in the asylum episode out on avengers grim mm-hmm. which is a bunch of bunch of sexy ladies who are also disney princesses but they're not disney princesses because copyright and stuff fighting casper van dien as rubble stiltskin and it's fucking weird and- I, ca- I can't help thinking of robin williams in mrs doubtfire saying rumble foreskin <laughs> the movie is as dumb as it sounds it is and it was kind of delightful it was awesome So this month we're going to talk about a movie called Bound, which is Fifty Shades of Grey. Which is in the mail. That's going to be awful. (laughs) And I don't think I'm going to enjoy that as much. That's going to be really awkward. Not excited about this one. 
That's going to get really dirty. We're going to get really gross. My dog has been hanging out with us the whole time we've been recording this. You can hear all that and our 2021 the 13th, which we did last year, which we reviewed every Friday the 13th movie. You can find all that shit on patreon.com slash sharks across Hollywood at any level. You can give us a dollar. You can give us a million dollars. You'll get the episode. And if you give us a million dollars, I don't know what the fuck to give you because we don't have any money to give you anything with yet. Lifetime membership. Yes. You lifetime give a million membership. dollars. That is a one time. You don't have to renew after that you can if you want though but you don't have to monthly a million monthly if you give a million monthly you're gonna be getting some very nice emails from us <laughs> i'll be like hey thank you you are a good person and handsome and your dick is huge the end that's how i end all my emails the, <laughs> the end, end. <laughs> so that's it. Patreon.com slash Hollywood. What are we doing next time? I know what we're doing next time. The first three episodes of 2022 have been us not necessarily pandering, but these movies are very popular. Spider-Man, Scream, Groundhog Day. Everybody's seen them or at least heard of them. Everybody knows what they are. Next time, we're done pandering for a while because we're going to we're gonna watch a movie that I am sure four people have seen. By next week, at least five people have seen it. Not next week, in a couple weeks. At least five people will have seen this movie. And if you watch it with your kid, six people will have seen this movie. Movie. could go as high as seven if my daughter comes over <laughs> we're talking about a movie called automaton transfusion <laughs> oh, fuck that's right I there aren't any robots in it we'll talk about why and all that shit when we get to it come back next time when we talk about a zombie movie that nobody's ever fucking heard of and it's fucking awesome in I've my opinion i've heard of it i just haven't seen it okay well of course you've heard of it granted the people that listen to this dumb shit probably have heard of it also <laughs> so come back and listen to us talk about it it'll be fun but until then stage awesome